I'm Nishi Patel. I'm an award-winning accountant and Northamptonshire Business Person of the Year. And on this podcast, I'll be talking to successful business owners to learn about how they achieve their dream and the diversity they had to overcome along the way. This podcast is essential listening if you're running a business and need the motivation to scale it. You'll learn about what drives them forward when most people give up, how they made it through their darkest days, and the advice they would give to someone following in their footsteps. So today I'm privileged to be joined by Katie Goodall, who's the Managing Director of Starting Off. Katie, if you could just tell us about what Starting Off do. Yeah, so um, Starting Off is a training and recruitment company. Um, We specialise in um, apprenticeships. So the company's been running for sort of 30 plus years in Northampton um, and we specialise in kind of recruiting um, apprentices into businesses and then we deliver the training that makes that an apprenticeship basically. Okay, absolutely amazing. So you're like a one-stop shop for um, recruiting young people, I guess. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So we do um, we do lots of work in local schools um, and with education centres to sort of um, spread the word about apprenticeships. And then once we've kind of got those candidates to come in and meet with us, we'll work with local um, businesses to be able to place those in the jobs. And then we, we train as well. So very much kind of um, office-based business qualifications is what we specialise in. So okay. sort of accountancy through to admin, customer service, team leader, IT team marketing um but yeah it's been a really sort of uh, successful business over over the years i've you know been involved with and then been been lucky enough to um sort of take over in the last couple really okay absolutely amazing um i've got a lot of questions around that anyway but um (laughs) what i'd really like to do is just start from the beginning so how how did you get into work and how did you get to starting off really yeah so um i'm uh, from northampton originally born and bred um mm-hmm. my granddad used to play for the cobblers um oh, right. so i'm a real northampton girl my dad worked at carlsberg for years you know mum worked at um, several schools and hospitals so you know i'd say probably quite a um hard working but working class background um yeah sort of progressed through through the different schools in northampton went to the boys school for my sixth form and then um after taking a couple of gap years Ended up at university in Birmingham. Oh, excellent. Um, okay. So yeah, I studied social and economic history um, at that okay. point, but I'd also worked in like the mental health sector a little bit as well. But I had a, a real interest in sort of the economy and and that side of it, which is why I did the economic history. Um, so when I finished university, um, I was actually at the University of Northampton um, mm-hmm. doing some work on my dissertation um, and there was a careers fair going on in one of the halls there and I just sort of popped my head in and there was a lady that used to run the graduate division of starting off called the first degree there. So I was sort yeah. of having a chat with her and she said, oh, let's take your details and you can come and register with us when you finish your degree. So I did that and sort of thought nothing of it and then a couple of weeks later I had a call from her Mm. Um, she said come in and meet with us so I went to register with the first degree hoping that they would be able to get me a graduate job Um, but during the registration we were sort of talking about how I was really interested in business but I was also passionate about helping people and she was like look we've actually got a role for a trainee recruiter here would you be interested in that so I thought oh yeah well you know do that I didn't have any ambition to sort of stay in Northampton if I'm honest because I've been Mm. away to Birmingham but um you know, after chatting, she said, come in. And I thought, I'll do this for a couple of years. And, you know, and 15 years later, I was, I'm still sort of, um, you know, with the business. But, yeah, I started as a trainee recruiter um, and then sort of slowly sort of worked my way up, really, from trainee recruiter to head of recruitment to then operations manager and then and the management buyout, so to, to managing director. So it's been a real journey for me from start to finish. But, um, but yeah, you know, sort of never really felt the need to to be looking elsewhere if I'm honest yeah I mean that's um that's amazing because I, I I 
think I saw a stat and it was uh, your average member of staff stays in a business for about two years yeah or, or is it a member of staff stays in business for two years on average and then right. um and then but then someone told me something a bit more depressing about sales which is like um you're on average a salesperson stays in business for one year right um so yeah i i guess like it, it's always uh, I, I was interviewing someone yesterday and, and she had quite a similar um uh, well, sorry. When this goes out, it won't be yesterday. But yeah, yeah. Um, she she had a similar journey into business, and she she got her first graduate job, and and then she stayed for like fourteen years. Yeah, so, yeah. How how long has starting off been established? Like um, now, so then? in nineteen eighty nine, it was originally established. Um, so wow, yeah, okay. a good, a good thirty plus years. Um, that was like the year I moved to this country. Yeah, <laughs> From, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I was I was not very old. <laughs> yeah, it's... But so I think. You know, we I was really lucky when I was given the opportunity to to take over the business because I'd worked in it for a long time, but it was a it's a really well established brand already in Northamptonshire and got a great mm. reputation. Um and you know, I think that that's always always good because when you're starting a business yourself from scratch, which you know we didn't do in this case, but that's probably one of the biggest challenges I would imagine is like getting that brand name out there and building it. Whereas mm. we were quite lucky in that it was already there. Um, but I guess our mission, I know we'll talk about next steps, is kind of we want that to be replicated in other places now so other people know starting off like they do in Northampton, really. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, we, we've got, I mean, you've been recruiting for us for like, I think that's six or seven years now. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then we got clients, but they're kind of spread out. And I'm like, oh, you just go starting off. And I'm like, oh, actually, you're not in Northampton. Um, yeah. But I know, I know you go as far as Kettering and like... Yeah, um, so now, I mean, with, you know, that's probably one good thing for us that came out of COVID was that we did have to... We completely went from being a, a training provider where all our students came in every week and all our staff were in every day. To yeah. Everything was remote. Um, and we actually saw for some companies it worked a lot better because it offered a lot more flexibility. Um, a lot of students, you know, that were having to, to come far to our training centres for yeah. half a day once a week actually could do it remotely. So that model, we have carried on being able to offer that as well, which means that now we can recruit for companies that are outside of Northampton. So yeah. we've got some clients in London, you know, we've oh, got wow, some okay. clients in yeah. Newcastle where we've been able to either just deliver the training for them mm. or do the recruitment and the training. So, yeah. you know, whilst a lot of those places do have their own apprenticeship kind of hubs mm. um actually they're not always they're sometimes national anyway so yeah. you know we're trying to just put our local feel into those national sort of places and mm. um you know when a lot of the time it's clients that we've got established in northampton that might have a branch in birmingham that yeah. we're using you know to that's really good of, yeah which is working really well for us at the minute so it's it's well, a slow process and we didn't want yeah. to do it all overnight and be like we're going to go from you know being this size to being to being huge because mm. i think you've got to do it slowly um yeah but for us it is it does well, seem to be working yeah i, I mean I, I really believe in a concept called leveraged advisory so right. um it's about helping lots of people at the same time yeah yeah and uh, i guess training is the ultimate leveraged advisory because f- for you maybe it doesn't really ma- make too much of a difference to your cost whether you've got 10 people in that room or yeah um or five people uh, although yeah. i know you at some point you've got to get more tutors and yeah but, yeah yeah so yeah, that's um, so. Actually, the potential is huge, especially if you go further than Northampton. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Yeah. So, so, I guess like from eight, eighty nine, what what's changed in the industry? Like, mm. I mean, well, that's uh, or, or what, actually, you know, a better question might be: What would you say has changed in in your industry in the last five years, for example, apart from yeah. the remote, um, the Delivery, remote stuff? Yeah. But I mean, I think since I so I started working at starting off in two thousand and eight. Yeah. 
Um, and I think what I've really seen over that time, but probably in the last five years, is just the awareness around apprenticeships has just become okay. so much more. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with university fees becoming so much higher um, and with, you know, people wanting to get into work earlier sometimes, the... Um, the kind of focus on them from the government in terms of their campaigns and the funding available. Yeah. It just seems to be so much more of a buzzword now, apprenticeships, than it ever yeah. was. I think it was seen as something that people did when they hadn't achieved academically or something that people could do if they wanted to be a plumber. But actually, it's mm. quite business related now as well. So I think for me, it's more just the awareness that we've got, you know, young people that, you know, got fantastic A-levels that could go to any university but actually yeah. are saying, actually, I want to do an apprenticeship instead because I want to be an accountant in five years' time. I don't want to have loads of debt, you know. So yeah, I, I, I think mean, that's really positive. I, I've I've known some like f- people who went to university and did like accounting degrees, and yeah, yeah. they then they come out and they get all these exemptions from their qualification because they've yeah. already done a lot of it at university, but they, they don't get all the exemptions. So they've still got to do some, mm. and then but then they qualify like in terms of uh, they finish the exams, but they they can't properly qualify until they've still got their three years of experience. So yeah. it's kind of um, I, I never really I, I don't see the benefit anymore like when I went to university it was pretty much free or yeah um, or tuition fees were like a thousand pounds a year yeah whereas now it's you know that that's a nest egg that could get you your first home or, yeah so maybe yeah, yeah. and I, I think you know when we've been recruiting apprentices we've always been careful not to hire the people who couldn't go to university yeah we we wanted we wanted to make sure we were hiring people that didn't want to go to university yeah but could if they wanted yeah so it is a, it's you know you've got to be motivated to be 16 17 18 you know and be doing a full-time job as well as a qualification you've almost got to be more motivated than someone wants to go to university because mm. you're working and learning you've got to juggle all those kind of balls so mm. yeah i think um you know we have always been quite um I guess particular in who we work with as well in terms of like the candidates but also the clients because it's a you know you'll know you have to support the apprenticeship program as a client as well as be a student that's really willing to do it so if someone walks through our door and says well I don't want you know my mum's forcing me to be here (laughs) basically we would say perhaps you need to look at college instead or perhaps you need to look at this route because this is quite hard work so Mm. yeah I think that's why it it works because we place in sort of the best talent in Northampton with the best companies it's my opinion of it <laughs> but yeah, yeah well no it's not nice to be considered one of the best companies <laughs> but uh yeah no it's, it's really good and I, I think one of the things I, I i was like really surprised about about apprenticeships actually was how like high up it goes in terms of levels yeah yeah because i, I thought you, you know you just do aot for example and then you're kind of done but then yeah. apparently you can do like acca and SEMA. yeah and you can do up to you know d- yeah. degree apprenticeships well um, okay yeah now, so you it's, can you can do that route so that's why i think you know the whole thing around them becoming um a, a really popular option for um for school leavers now it's because there's there's so many more opportunities mm. and you can do an apprenticeship in so many things you know that the, there's a, a website you can go on and pretty much put anything in it will tell you what the standard is for that qualification so yeah i think there's just a bit more of an awareness that it's you know i went to university mm. and got a degree and i'm really you know i'm glad that i had that experience but i think probably yeah. more now i see on reflection i could have started in a junior office role at 16 mm. and been in the same position perhaps yeah. um you know i was i took a couple of years out so i was a little bit older and i was very focused on like getting the study side of it done mm. but i think it's just sort of knowing that there are other options really there it's not just all about getting a degree you know and not having any experience you've got to be a little Mm. bit more sort of rounded in the world today I think 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the work experience makes a huge difference, yeah. actually. And like, yeah. uh, our, um, I, I guess this whole discussion isn't just about apprentices, but I, no. I do think, I think the idea is, is amazing because ultimately, and, and especially over COVID, the governments are like increase the funding for, yeah. for apprentice, yeah. apprenticeships Incentives as well. So, and, yeah. yeah, so we, but like, I think, you know, in terms of recruitment and then like even setting them up, the government's always kind of paid it. But I, I do know if like, you know, beyond a certain age, yeah. um, they uh, they don't. But I, I think one of the things, because a lot of clients, they talk to me about apprenticeships and, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, because they can see we've done it. Yeah. So they yeah. want they want to know how, how it works, how yeah, we've yeah. done it. And um and they're like oh i can get get an apprentice for like four pound thirty an hour yeah, or whatever yeah. it is and i'm like look if you if you pay the minimum amount you'll, you'll get, get the minimum get, per- yeah. performance yeah and uh yeah. so uh, and you know part of the discussion on our side is just trying to get them to be a bit more realistic and it's uh yeah and, yeah. and help them understand an apprentice isn't meant to be a cheaper option they're meant no, to be a yeah. better option in some cases yeah yeah definitely and and, and I, yeah, I think there is also an understanding from apprentices that register with us that they're not going to be paid you know a full-time wage salary yeah. because they are still learning but equally the reality of it is that mm. if you look on the apprenticeship website about like the hundred jobs that are on there probably two are paying the minimum so you know when yeah. you've got all those jobs available and you your good people are going mm. on there they're not going to be applying for those ones they're going to be applying yeah. for the higher ones unless the so, company is like absolutely amazing yeah unless um, it's like google or something yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know but yes. um but yeah some apprenticeships you know we've we've worked on have paid more than permanent jobs we've had on but yeah um, you know and again i'm on, on that side of it i will say to an employer i think you should you know lower it because Mm. there's no reality in that wage if they left you and went somewhere else they're never going to get that again and if you start a little bit lower Mm. then you can put some building blocks in there so once you've completed your first exam and you pass that we can rise it to increase it to this and you can you can level it up but if you start at this you know amount of money that's not really um, mm. relative to their experience and you're probably setting them up for not the real world in some ways but um but you know people uh, it's really varies in terms yeah. of wage i think you've got to be a certain kind of business a business to make apprenticeships successful because yeah you definitely like, have yeah yeah i did a video this morning and it was um called why your team make you grow the business okay, essentially yeah. and it's like and I was saying to someone yesterday anyway, it's like um, whenever you, you've got a team, it's like playing a poker game where the blinds keep going up. Mm. So every time they get more qualified, every time they get more experienced, you, you've got to you've got to put, give them the pay rises. And then yeah. in, inflation, just in general, you, you've got to, you've got to keep up with it. And then yeah, yeah. that means like from a business point of view, you, you you've got to be thinking how can we add more value, how can we get more customers, yeah, yeah, and um, and and make the money that we need to pass pass on to them because otherwise um, all of that's got to come out of your pocket yeah and yeah yeah so um yeah it's um I, i've been having those conversations with clients quite a lot at the moment anyway yeah and, and the market at the minute i mean it's same same for apprentices you know mm. it's a candidate's market really like we've we've got low we've got so many apprenticeship roles on oh really okay um, yeah you know and i think the recruitment across the board you know people are struggling more to recruit generally yeah. um you know and especially if you want the right level of person and and all that so i think employers do have to sometimes realize that they've got to make their role attractive as well and make the yes. company attractive and you know thinking about what's going to make their their staff and their recruits you know motivated and what's going to keep them there as well as sort of that person wanting the job you know it's a bit two-sided yeah. i think but well I, like one of the things i encourage clients to do is like just overstaff if they can right okay um, 
and it's because when you when you've got more people uh, yeah. you know a lot of accountants out there will say no cut your costs just get it down to the bone yeah but I, I've always uh, I've, over the last few years we've always said uh, over staff hire as many staff as you can yeah. afford to because a, a lot of our clients they're not they're motivated by growing their business not necessarily making a lot of money today yeah um, so they, they, they take that advice and then yeah. um, but the last sort of year it's kind of been a, a real validation of that strategy yeah yeah because we've yeah there, there's been times where we wanted to grow the team and recruit but actually we couldn't but then we we had like a spare couple you of did. bods yeah, yeah. and um and yeah, but also it gives it gives you the flexibility because we've you know one of the things we've really stuck by in our business is our points of culture mm-hmm. so we, we created our 12 points of culture and then yeah. um what happens is when we recruit we we uh, check someone's alignment to those points of culture yeah like you know i, I know people always make fun of you for having integrity as one of your points of culture yeah because yeah, yeah. It's, that's just like meant to be given but yeah we do we test all of them like yeah. um determination um uh, things like no excuses yeah um and we we test them all and then during the probationary period we, we continue testing it and then like we do like biannual um uh appraisals yeah and um we we also like it, the appraisal is more about al- alignment rather than performance yeah okay yeah but for us so uh, yeah it's like uh, even though there's a candidate candidate shortage um although i guess that's easing a little bit now isn't it yeah i think i think so i mean for us it's quite seasonal as well so like during the um you know exam time and, and when kids yeah. are, are leaving school that's obviously the peak for us in terms of applications but um but yeah i think we you know probably last well earlier this year we did have a few mm. months where we were like what's going on no one's applying for yeah, these jobs you know um but i think it was also on the flip side of it we also had so many more apprentices apprentice yeah. roles come on because people had held back recruiting held back recruiting through covid and everything and then yeah. suddenly gone oh my god we need some admin support let's get an apprentice yeah, or so that's then gone into mad panic and, and needed that support now sort of thing yeah so i think we sort of saw that a little bit so you know more candidates and more jobs and less candidates a bad yeah. combination but um but you know i think we, we carried on still going yeah. no definitely um yeah. And like, what kind of advice would you give to an employer looking to bring on an apprentice? Like, is there, is there one thing that they could really do to make it successful? I think it's all about the support, really. Okay. Um, so we, as a training provider, you know, offer a lot of support to the apprentice and the employer. But I think sometimes um, when people are taking on an apprentice, they think that we are going to train them. Yeah. Um, and we are, we are, the role of the... Um, apprenticeship provider is really coaching and mentoring them through their qualification we're not going to teach them how to do their job so I think one thing that we sort of do have to say these qualifications are employer-led you know so really the employer should be involved understanding what the modules are understanding how the job role needs to fit the module and then providing that internal coaching to Mm. make them successful so there is a lot of support it's not something to do if actually you just need a temp instead you know it's a commitment mm. because you you're hopefully going to take an employer that you can shape and have as a permanent member in the future um so yeah. i think it's probably just under you know they can be brilliant you know i've worked with businesses that have got apprentices that are now managers and directors you know but equally you do have to have the time and the staff and the patience mm. to to put a little bit of work in at the beginning so it really is just around getting an understanding of that but you know yeah. long term the rewards can be fantastic both from like a business perspective but also just from a personal perspective being able to see yeah. someone grow you know that much and knowing that you've been involved in that as an employer i think 
Yeah, I'd, you know what? I'd, I, I, my, my kids are really young, so but I've got a feeling when they're like 18, I'll, I'll be a better father because of a lot of the stuff we've been through with yeah, the apprentices. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, kind of, I, I kind of treat the apprentices like kids, but not in the sense that we, we spoon feed them everything and, yeah, yeah. and make them eat their greens. But yeah. although we have tried to make the office food a bit healthier. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, about but, nurturing, isn't it? And yeah, sort the, of, yeah. Because they, they have the pangs of self, self-doubt. They're yeah, like yeah. sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they're this roller coaster and sometimes they, they've got all this ambition. They want to they, they get something done. And then yeah. then they have setbacks in their life and uh, yeah. uh, usually it's around boyfriends and girlfriends. And, uh, yeah, but uh, you do, you, you know, when you're in work, yeah. you, you kind of, that comes into work sometimes, doesn't it? And, and you know, I've had times when I felt like a counselor being, being a yes. recruiter for an apprentice because of you know spoken to them and they've got this going on and this going on and it's kind of like helping mm. them support that but helping them build resilience and understanding that this is life and that's what happens and you've yeah. still got a job and you've still got this and you know and sort of building those skills as well but um but I think you know it's it's kind of that's the nice thing about the apprenticeship journey is that you do get to see all those ups and downs and then yeah. you get to see the outcome at the end really it's never just plain sailing but that's kind of life is never just plain sailing is it so I think it's um mm. you know and a lot of the apprenticeship kind of delivery is about personal development as well so we teach yeah. the core subjects but you know we also have to deliver things about well-being and, mm. and health and financial well-being and yes, all the yeah. things that you know would shape them as a young person um you know even down to like things like radicalization and you know things yeah, in society okay. we have to cover all that as part of you mm. know the government sort of um directive on apprenticeships but also just you know so they're sort of being shaped into citizens as well as like technically having those skills so yeah yeah absolutely and yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense it's so i mean from from an employer point of view as well though like we, we're really heavily um focused on soft skills because yeah yeah uh, you know i i've seen my career i, I guess I, I qualified as an accountant in 2010 but i started in like 2007 yeah and um and I, i've seen like in my career that the, the more successful people in finance they they can do presentations yeah they can, yeah. They can hold a meeting yeah um they can communicate effectively yeah so like we've i i've made it like you know the way i've always viewed having apprentices in our business is like you know starting off we'll teach you all the technical bit although we will teach them technical stuff too yeah but a lot of what we do is process driven anyway um and then but so a lot of the focus i put on um on when I'm doing one-to-one development it's about making sure so people people can give an update to the business the rest of the yeah, business yeah. so yeah like every Monday when we have a team meeting like someone's meant to have done some kind of research about tax and then yeah. inform the team about it yeah so um it, yeah I'm trying to just get every opportunity for them to just slightly get out of their comfort zone and then yeah. um, talk in front of people yeah. talk to clients yeah um yeah so it's uh, I think yeah you, you've got to be a different kind of person but apprentices are so moldable yeah like, yeah and i i think if they stay in your business then usually they you, you end up like you know three years down the line with someone who li- lives and breathes your culture yeah yeah exactly and they've not come mm. from anywhere else and think well, yeah. we do this we don't do it that way here or well, you know yeah, yeah, they definitely. just see your way as as the way really which is why a lot of um you know a lot of employers yeah. you know do take on apprentices because it, it can sort of you know can mold people from scratch really and and um, develop them that way so and succession planning mm. and you know that as well is a big mm. a big part of what people um employers that we speak to say they think it's a good thing yes 
And also, actually, I, I think I think the other really big advantage, like to our business of apprenticeships, has been. I think when you bring people in who don't have a lot of experience, but they've got the right attitude, yeah. it forces you to have really good processes in your yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely structures and yeah, yeah so people we, can learn, yeah. We, yeah. we spend a lot of time just like, you know, getting the manual together and making sure that the instructions are all written down. Yeah. So it's uh, because, and I think when you've got more senior people in the business, they, you, you can, they kind of overcompensate for, for that lack of structure. Yeah, and, yeah, because they know what they're doing and can just yeah. Yeah, make it work, yeah. Yeah, and I think one thing we've learned from our own apprentices um, it's just the like technological like you know um, advancement that they've got like they can you know put something together on Canva and they can do this and they can do yes, that yeah. and I'm like oh my god you know that'd take mm. me all day to learn how no, to do right. that yeah, they're just so much yeah. more advanced in that sense um, as well which is good and bad but you know for, for yeah. us that's been positive um, yeah some of the stuff they whiz upon Excel I'm like, well yes yeah, so, social media is just like it's yeah. a natural skill for them so yeah yeah and uh, yeah we've um, no that's that's really good and like in terms of your your own business and, mm. and your position in it, what was it like being an employee then going to being a managing director, for example? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was scarier than I thought it was going to be, um, and I, I think the reason for that is for me it was quite a. It was sort of happening over time, and I but didn't really realise it was happening. So, what I mean by that is, so the 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 owners that. Um, the Dale who had the business when when I first joined, um, he was the he was the manager director. He'd set mm. up the business; it was his business. So I worked under him, um, and then we had um, a management buyout, um, not a management buyout, but a buyout from another from another business in about mm. 2013, and. Um, we had some really supportive and, and great directors, but that also had other businesses. Was that um, ACS? Yeah, or? so ACS. So. Um, so, and then Dale stayed for a couple of years, but kind of slowly sort of stepped away. And then yeah. the, the sort of management team formed, which was um, five or six sort of managers in the business that have mm. been there for a very long time. So sort of okay. day to day, um, I guess a lot of the day to day decisions were coming through us kind of anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the directors would, you know, if there was... Um, big things that we needed to talk to them about or they'd always have an, obviously an awareness of what was going on they're coming from mm. management management meetings but sort of day to day we were sort of there so when the opportunity then came for for us to take over um, yeah. I think a lot of the the things we were doing we just carried on doing but had a bit more responsibility for so mm. I think for me I thought it was going to be something completely different to, to what it was like people yeah. are still asking you if they can do this and if they can leave early and if they can you know it's, it was uh, it was kind of all those questions still but yeah. I think the main difference was just having like I'd never really had loads of involvement in like the financial side of, or understanding mm. I'd started to get involved in strategy and setting sort of sales mm. strategy and but in terms of sort of you know understanding how the funding worked and came in and yes. you know knowing about accounts and things all those things were quite new to me that it took me I think that was the hardest thing in terms of like the management of the people and yeah. you know the staff inside that was kind of all quite easy or a natural flow but it was more the technical stuff that mm. I was a bit like oh, I'm gonna get my head around this but luckily Jess yeah. was from a bit more of a financial background oh, okay. so yeah, she kind of like was yeah, like I'll, I'll deal with this I'm like payroll oh my god I was terrified of pressing the button in case people didn't get paid but, oh, right. okay. yeah, um, it was those sort of things that I think I was a bit more overwhelmed by than yeah. the actual sort of day-to-day -day stuff because operations is kind of running a business it's and I was operations manager before or you know so, so did of, someone in the business step up and cover for you a bit more on the operations side when you started having to um, run it yeah so we've got a new operations manager 
manager now and then um we had you know sort of some recruiters coming through so I did a lot of I did the recruitment and operations mm. as well really um so we recruited more staff for recruitment mm. um yeah we took one of the other other ladies in the business that was training manager is now operations manager we just moved some people around really yeah um to sort of because we're very much probably for the first year I think me and Jess were trying to do our, our jobs that we were doing before mm. we took over and the director role and you know, someone Must said, exhausting. "Yeah, someone it's... said to me, you can't work in the business and work on the business." Yes, um, which I thought was a really good bit of, you know, I, I found that quite. I was like, "Oh well, that's just me like shirking my responsibilities." Mm. I didn't want people to think that I didn't, you know, didn't do the job anymore. I was quite protective yeah. over my clients and who I work with, and I've struggled to give them away to people. But mm. um, I think that was a good bit of advice because I think now we've step, taken a bit of a step back to sort of doing the recruitment and doing the training. We mm. can sort of see it from a bit of a sort of umbrella perspective a little bit more to say uh, how does this work and who's yeah. looking at that and it's so so you're still involved in the operations to some extent or, yeah so uh-huh. I mean I you know um heavily involved with the recruitment side okay. and, and the yeah. training but I think me and Jess will probably always naturally have those sides that we uh lean towards a little bit more mm. just it's where we come you know come from like, I always know what jobs we've got on and how what the figures are looking like on recruitment that month but the date I mean I have got some jobs on at the minute that I've been recruiting <laughs> recruiting yes, for actually yeah. but that's um just because we had someone off but mm. but day-to-day sort of recruitment is done by the recruiters now and I'll just sort of set the strategy and be like what are we doing this week girls like where yeah, are we going Who, what jobs have we got on what, what's our figures mm. going to be like so probably more um it's a bit like coaching, maybe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And then I try, and then they don't let me take any jobs on. I'm like, can you please just let me it's, have one job? They're like, no, go away. <laughs> You're yeah, not going to do uh, any recruitment, Casey. But I have got clients that I recruited for for like 15 years that yeah. will still email me, oh, we're looking for an apprentice. And I really have to, really have to say, are you sure you don't want me to look after it? And Charlotte's like, no, it's mine, Katie. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, but, but were you eager to put your own stamp on the business when you... Because um, I, I can imagine if you take over a really established business, you, the part of me would kind of feel, oh, I don't want to change anything in case I break it. Yeah, but yeah. But then, like, the other half of me would think, actually, you know what, I want to I want to nicheify this. Yeah, or, I think... Um, we did, but we knew that it wasn't broken, so we didn't yeah. want to be like, oh, let's do something completely different we're starting yeah. off. Um, we changed the logo, Um in the first sort of year, which was quite a big thing for us to do, I think it had always okay. been like a red tablet for you know oh, right. a really long time. Yeah. Um. So we 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 changed that. Um. And then yeah, we we sort of set our agenda around what we wanted, you know, the business to look like, you know, in the next sort of five years, really. And mm. we've never said, oh, we want to start doing, you know, logistics apprentices or plumbing apprentices. I just think that'd be silly. Like we we yeah. we're good at the niche that we do plus the market's so big anyway yeah it's- yeah so i think we we have wanted to put our own stamp mm. on it but i think we've also been really respectful and aware of the brand and what people know us for and mm. not wanted to you know certainly suddenly do something completely crazy and you know yeah, yeah and change it massively I, like what you're kind of touching on a really um important concept that i talk to people about and it's um because I, I come across a lot of business owners and they're, they're so eager to open up into different areas and industries and markets and like one one of the things that i do with clients sometimes so we use a, a service called selector base and okay. you can actually um just go in 
put some criteria in, in t- terms of the type of business. Yeah. Um, and it will just show you how many of those businesses are in the country. Okay, yeah. And it, it's it's really good because, like, you know, we, we've got clients sometimes who are like, I want to just move into the sector. And mm-hmm. um, and you ask them the question, hey, why do you want to move into that sector? Mm-hmm. And they'll say something like, because we want to get more sales, we want to grow our sales. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and then y- you do the count on Selector Base, and it's like, yeah. Oh, there's like 10,000 businesses yeah. of the type that you're currently working with in the UK. Did you know you only need like 1% of them? Yeah. And um, and then it kind of refocuses. I've always been like pretty much every really successful business owner I've come come across or talk to, yeah. they, they always niche. They're like really, really specific yeah, about what yeah. they do. Yeah. And I, and I think even to, in terms of the resale value of business, like a really specific niche business is really, really way more valuable than yeah. a business that generalizes and everything. So it's good yeah, that you've yeah. got that focus, definitely. Yeah, I think it would be silly to to start, you know, plucking things out of thin air that we've not got the skills or expertise to mm. do. I mean, one you know, one thing we we have looked at and we've started to do a little bit is is sort of um, use the the skills and the niche that we have got and and expand on that. So we do the apprenticeship. Um, recruitment but what we've also set up recently is a permanent recruitment division um, yes so, i saw the email come through actually. yeah yes. so that's you know still doing office based still doing the same roles mm. but like next level so if we've got an apprentice who's come, yeah. come back to us that for whatever reason hasn't got a permanent role mm. in that company or didn't want to stay with that company they'll come back and re-register with us and we can almost then sort of mm. ch- you know take them take them out again and say right what client have we got that we know would love this person but they yeah. want a year's experience so but again still in like your marketing that's- accounts but yeah. just that accounts assistant rather than accounts apprentice role and then we've also looked at you know the training qualifications we do mm. some people don't want to do them as a full apprenticeship they want to just do AAT or they just want to do yeah. an IT course so we've got a private training section as well where people can just come and do a qualification mm. they don't do the full apprenticeships they don't have to have all those regulations they might be you know a bit more established in a business and just mm. want to get some excel skills so they could just do that so we've kind of you know, looked at ways that we can take the skills mm. that we've got without changing it completely, but grow the business sort of organically. So, so like, when you first started them, what was the uh, what was the graduate arm of the business called? Um, it was called the first degree. The first degree. Yeah. And, and what happened with that? Did that get sold off as a separate business? No. Or? So basically, the lady that ran that, um, it was she didn't own it. She ran it within starting off, but she um, left and set up her own graduate recruitment oh, company right, okay, yeah. um, which was really clever really because she was yes. just doing that and I think probably got to the point where she thought oh I'm doing this for someone else I could do this on yeah. my own and you know she's probably one of the people that when I, I um, took over the business she left me a really nice message along with the director and sort of said mm. you know um, I know when I first met you that you'd go on to mm. do great things and she was probably the first person that gave me an opportunity as a okay. graduate to sort of come in and and, that, and, and the director Dale as well so yeah, that was um, that was nice, and she's still went in Northampton, and you know, see her at events mm. and things. So yeah, oh, amazing. Okay, yeah. yeah, and it's almost like you're kind of going back to those roots now, though, because um, yeah, with, yeah. with the sort of graduate. Yeah, because yeah. actually, what do you when someone finishes their apprenticeship? Are they a graduate at that point, or are they? I mean, I guess they're not like a graduate as in degree graduate, no, no, but okay. they graduate from their apprenticeship. So I guess they're probably yeah. just got more experience. They're trained than I a, guess. in work than a, just a graduate would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they just become sort of a, a starting off graduate um, yeah. and then register with us. And yeah, if we've got a role that we can help them with, we will we will then, you know, mm. speak to a client about them and, and put them forward for that. And that's worked quite well um, so mm. far. So 
Yeah. Uh, how many? So, like, starting off is uh, quite large now, isn't it? Or uh, have you got about twenty people? I'm trying yeah, to... we've got about twenty staff yeah. that work for us. So, yeah, we're um, yeah, relatively. I guess it's still you know mm. small, small to sort of medium size. But it's um, but yeah, I think it works for the you know the amount of students that we've got. And obviously, mm. the more students we get, you know, moving forward, we'll grow that team um, as well. But yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever said it to Charlotte before, but I, I always find your business quite inspiring, like the way it's um, structured. Okay. Like, because I, I know, I, I know you've got your departments, and then because you've got Charlotte who does a lot of the recruitment, um, recruitment yeah, now, yeah. and and she's really taking ownership of that role. And yeah. it's like, and when, when I work with her, I'm like, and I, I, it kind of maybe gives me a bit of an insight into the way you run the business in, yeah. in terms of the the. Um, the freedom she's got to actually execute her role and, yeah, and build yeah. her team yeah and yeah, um yeah. and it's something i've like you know we've always done really well with accounting people yeah um but, but one of my challenges has always been to like you know build up the sales side build up the marketing yeah, yeah. side and um and you know I, i'm hoping well no i will by the end of um the coming year um we'll have a sales team in place essentially and yeah. then i, I want to just step away from from the selling yeah um yeah. because it, it, it I'd rather focus on existing clients than yeah. getting new clients. Yeah. You can add so much more value. Yeah. We, we've got programs in the business that I can develop if I, if I just had more time. So yeah, yeah. that's what I really want to be doing. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I, I've got, that's like my goal for the next year, just get yeah. the marketing sorted, get the sales sorted. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, your, your business is a bit more mature now, so I guess you've yeah. already done that. Do, do you have a marketing team? Um, so we've got um, the lady that looks after the digital marketing students also okay. does our internal marketing as oh, well. Right, okay. So yeah, she's brilliant, Sarah. Um, so that's something that I'm quite involved with as well. So we meet every week and talk about like what our plans are for this week and what we're going to yes. you know, put forward and, and things. So we did used to use an external marketing company. Um, mm. But when we took Sarah on, she'd actually got quite a lot of the skills that we needed sort of thing. Yeah. So we thought, actually, I don't think we need loads of stuff going out you know we just mm. wanted to develop a, a sort of brand image and but we've funnily enough today we were talking about tiktok and because oh, we're not yeah, we're not on TikTok, tiktok but no, like not, yeah, i'm a bit scared of it but the yeah. girls have got you know some of the recruiters have a little bit younger now and they're well, like oh maybe we should do a tiktok yeah apparently like 70 year olds on tiktok but um really i was talking to a client last week because we had a quarterly planning day and um and she was like, she's kind of my age, or maybe slightly older. Um, and she just showed me a video, um, and it was of her getting ready to go out, like just for a walk. So yeah, it's yeah. just her putting a coat on, a hat on, and gloves on. Yeah. And she's like, hey, there's a thousand views on this. Crazy. And it was, it was literally her getting ready for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and just uh, doubts at me on my yeah. phone. I've just about mastered Facebook. That's that's as much as I can do. But I can share a post, and that that's pretty much it. Yeah. But... I, I've got a feeling TikTok is like the new gold rush. It's yeah. like. Because there was a time when Facebook, you could you could pay like two pence and yeah. um, get one click through yeah, to your website. Yeah. Now it's more like two pounds. Yeah. And um, and so I, I guess you're always looking at the next platform where you can get really get those economies of scale just by yeah, being an early yeah. adopter. And it's obviously yeah but, who, who you're trying to target and where. And Facebook for us yeah. is more parents now. You know, we're trying to get with the parents. Yes. To, yeah. You know, actually, which that's is great. Um, yeah. But I think TikTok for those that we actually you know are looking for jobs and it's where we need to be really because it used to be Instagram, but that seems to be 
like a bit of a you mm. know older parent generation moving into yeah, now, whereas TikTok seems to be the one. But I think it's hard to get that like balance of putting something out there that's funny, but also still quite professional, but like has the right time. Yes, like yeah, it's not, it's, it's not something that I just I just end up embarrassing myself. I think so. And <laughs> no, no, that and, 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 but that's the kind of thing you can always delegate to the uh, to yeah, other people in the yes, business. People I guess. know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's really uh, that's really cool. What so what would you say the biggest challenge um, in in terms of when you've been running starting off has been so far um i think well we took over in november 2020 so it was sort of like lock we were just going into another lockdown so that oh, was right, okay. obviously yeah. quite um quite a challenge i think removing everything from completely face to face to remote was yeah. quite a challenge because we really wanted to change the way the delivery um happened but also make it the best it could be so we had to invest in quite a lot of new resources and um on online training and you know we couldn't just pick it up and move it over it had to be completely developed redeveloped really so that yeah. was quite, quite a big challenge um you know i say sort of I'd, i moved into the role quite smoothly but still now i, I still get a mm. bit of imposter syndrome you know sometimes i'm like god if people knew what it's, i was really like they wouldn't they wouldn't they'd be like why is she doing that job um you know yeah. it comes with a bit of self-doubt sometimes but i think um everyone sort of has that from time to time um but yeah i think it's probably just the the you know the the world and the challenges that that's thrown up yeah. um sometimes it feels a bit relentless it's like we get over one thing and then there's something else and then there's mm. something else but again like i suppose it'd be easy to go oh god why is this happening now but I guess why not really sometimes like that's just that is life isn't it you just things happen and you just Mm. kind of do the best you can and you know support your team around you and and move forward and I think um yeah that's sort of what we've what we've done really and you know we had we had a a staff member that had been with us a really long time pass Mm. away soon after we took over so that was really tough just kind of dealing with um, that but also kind of supporting the staff through that so mm. just things like that that come up that I think sometimes knock you back a bit and I think the difference is when you are the face of that business or running mm. that business you've got to get up for your staff and try and build yeah. that positivity and resilience even when you don't feel like it yourself almost you know but yeah I, I guess like the, the idea of leadership's always in the back of your mind it's yeah. uh yeah like it's uh, some the n- number of days where I just want to have a lie-in and uh yeah but, but then the other side is I've got kids to drop to school, so I can't. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But it, yeah, it's almost like I, when I started my business, I, I was like, hey, I've got so much freedom. I'd be working from home, eating whatever I want, yeah. taking breaks to watch TV if I wanted. Yeah. Um, and then uh, gradually when you start building, moving to an office and you start building that team, you, you then have to start acting like an employee all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just so they act like employees. Uh, yeah, yeah. But have, yeah. have there been any times where you've like felt like giving up? No, never, never. I've never regretted doing it and I've never questioned doing it, you know, Mm. despite sometimes not feeling like I'm always doing the best job. Um, I try, Mm. you know, and I I, um, always try and support people and and do the best I can. I've always been a really hard worker through from when I think that's come from my parents, you know, I've always even before I took over starting off I was always the first mm. person in the office and I was always the last to leave you know I kind of got that work ethic instilled in me I was a real yeah. bit of a worrier at school so I kind of always wanted to do do well I didn't want to fail um mm. so I've always worked really hard and sometimes you know you do burn out when you're like that I think yeah um and I have had points with that but I've never I've never questioned 
you know, doing it because I, I couldn't mm. imagine anyone else running, starting off and having to work for them. And I think we yeah. got to that point where it was like, either we're going to sell it or you, you're, you've you got the opportunity here to take over it. And I wouldn't mm. have been able to stay if someone else had taken over yeah. it, I don't think. <laughs> so so I, I guess, like, did you, um, it, it, did you have much notice in terms of the, the handover or, the, the, or uh, was it more of a surprise? No, I it's, think it had always been kind of in the background that it was something that, um, you know, myself and Jess wanted to do and it was, mm. you know... Um, something that we would be interested in if it was if it was there. We didn't think it happened when it happened. I thought it would perhaps be after COVID. But yeah. so yeah. But I think that you know it starts and then it's not just overnight. It was a process that probably took sort of six months mm. to a year in reality with all you know all the things you go through the paperwork and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. yeah. But um, I don't. I, yeah, I thought it would happen at some point, but I didn't think perhaps then it would. But, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I know we've kind of already covered it in mm. some of the other questions, but. What would you say is the one thing that really drives you to, to grow the business and, and keep keep it going? I think it's um, just really being passionate about what we do, to be honest. Like, it works. It's um, a great way for, you know, young people to build a career. And I think I see that live every day and I speak to employers every day who yeah. say how brilliant their apprentices are and how they're growing their business. And we speak to parents and young people who have gone on that journey and, and sort of you know come out you know well-rounded individuals and i just think it's important mm. and it you know it's um it's valuable and for both sides so yeah i think it's just believing in in what we do obviously staff the staff as well we are all everyone that's starting off is very passionate about apprenticeship so yeah. you know you really get that feel you know when we had our ofsted in october last year they kind of they said like you really feel that everyone here you know has got a lot of integrity they love what they do they're passionate about apprenticeships they're really mm. supportive and i think we feel that and that kind of gets you up in the morning because you, you want everyone to sort of get yeah. on board with that so yeah that's really good how did you do in the ofsted report we got good so okay. yeah Excellent. that was good yeah. for us um it was a short inspection um because we'd had a good last time so we wouldn't have been able to to go up mm. but unless they'd done a long inspection okay. um but we could have gone down essentially so so, you know, it was it was good. They said some of the areas that we were kind of delivering in, mm. you know, next time we could be aiming for outstanding. So, oh, amazing. So, okay. yeah, so yeah. we were really pleased considering as well we'd taken over in the last year and the whole business model had completely changed and delivery had changed. You know, we yeah. were, it was quite a different one for us. So, mm. yeah, some of the comments were, were really nice and I think they only had like two areas for development, which, yeah, yeah it was really positive. So, yeah, we were chuffed. So that's that's amazing, yeah. Um, and what what advice would you give to a young person considering their next steps? I think make sure you do your research. Like mm -hmm. there are loads of options, you know, around. Um, when I was at sixth form, um, I basically was like sat down and said, "What university are you going to go to?" It wasn't a case of what else are you going to do. So I think make sure you're aware that there are apprenticeships, there are universities, there's college courses. You know, yeah. there's a whole list of things you can do now. It isn't just one route. Um, yeah, and I think just take take some time to have a think about what you're good at, what you like, and then you know, try yeah. and tie that in with an apprenticeship because, you know, we do have people that come in are very specific, they want to be an accountant, but there are other people that are not really sure on what they want to do yeah. and, you know, that's fine when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, mm. sometimes no, older, you know. Um, but I think 
really taking some time to consider that and perhaps getting some work experience voluntary work in industries that you think you might be interested in Mm. um, rather than starting an apprenticeship or starting something just kind of because you picked it out of thin air um, and not really knowing what it's about I think getting some trying to get some sort of work experience while you're at school is a good thing and I I guess you could flip that around and say you know employers have a responsibility to try and give people that work experience yeah because that is really tough you know for schools Um, we hear a lot that you know people they're ringing employers and, and trying to get their work experience and it's it because it is it can be a bit of a burden you've got to find some things for that person to do and you've got mm. to you know support them but you know if employers then do want to have apprentices later on down the line you know yeah. all that's important to make sure that people are getting exposed to different industries especially you know locally we've got some brilliant companies in Northampton mm. um you know that it, I think it's really important that young people see what's out there so they're not heading off to London or whatever they are staying local and trying yeah. to sort of you know come into the local economy a little bit more yeah it, it makes a lot of sense and yeah. um yeah I, I mean when, when I was at school like it, it pretty much I went to a grammar school and 95% of the people went to university yeah, but yeah. Me too. I, that was yeah and that that was like the Tony Blair years as well so like mm. it, and I think the government's target was half the people should go to university yeah, but yeah. it is uh, I guess like um, there's probably still some families with the mindset where you've got to go to university but yeah, yeah. actually like um, you know there's probably uh, yeah there's so many other options but I, I, yeah. I, I love apprenticeships yeah. it's um, yeah. it, it, it works really well for us but um and I think we're just sort of coming to the end of the podcast. But um, if you if you could give someone who's thinking of buying or starting up a business or in the yeah. early years yeah. uh, a bit of advice, what would that be? What would you have done differently? Or maybe. Um, oh God, what I've done differently? I think well, probably one thing I would say for me was quite important was I did it with someone else um, that's always got my back, and I've always got her back. We work really yes. well together. Um, I think it, it is hard work, so don't go into it thinking, you know, I'm just going to be able to leave at mm. like four o'clock every day because I'm the MD now. Um, probably stay humble, you know, try and mm. try and remember that, you know, no, have, I mean, we've not got to the, the heights of a, a massive training provider as yet, but I think always try and remember that, you know, people are people still and, and staff will have struggles and clients sometimes, you know, you, you're talking to someone that might have had a bad day and just try and, and always mm. be supportive and, and um, stay humble to, to kind of where you started really, I think. Um, yeah, and and kind of show up and, you know, try and just put the passion in for your for your career that you kind of, you know, want for the business really. Okay, amazing. And uh, a final question really what mm-hmm. so what's in in your future like that five year plan you were talking about what yeah, um, yeah. like what does that in, in, entail so obviously we've set up um the permanent division which is called SA permanent recruitment so mm-hmm. really sort of growing on that um and developing um you know more clients that would come to us for permanent recruitment and then an SA private training as well so the the private training piece where we can sort of offer um you know, there's individual courses to, to people mm. um, and obviously to grow friendships outside of Northamptonshire as well. So, you know, Northampton will always be our base and our, our sort of, you know, our heart. But yes. I think um, the opportunity to sort of develop our love for apprenticeships sort of elsewhere um, and help clients and, and candidates outside of the area um, mm. would be a really sort of great thing for us to, to start, start doing a little bit more. So we've started it a little bit, but think over the next five years we'd like to see that grow um you know and maybe have other training centers um as we Mm. go as well 
Okay, that's absolutely amazing. Well, Katie, thank you very much no, for joining us you. on the podcast. It's been amazing. Uh, thank you again for listening. And uh, don't forget to, if you've enjoyed listening to this, don't forget to subscribe and watch out for the next episode, which will be coming out in a few weeks.